Thank you so much, folks. We're reminded that we will, I guess, only fully recognize the Lord is all we need when we're in a spot that he's all we have. And so the storm is not to be cursed, but to be received by faith. As you know, 2022-23 has been designated the RBBC year of members one of another. And that's based on Romans chapter 12 and verse 5, which very much says that, for we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. It declares, it doesn't say that we're, we ought to work toward that, it declares, in fact, that we are members one of another. However, the admonition focuses on that being effective, on that being faithful, in that we being faithful to that calling. Now, this theme, as uh, it's been highlighted a number of times, I've spoken on it, written on it, uh, preached on it, and it will continue to be highlighted for uh, the next many months until next fall. And I'm, on Lord's Supper messages this year, uh, I'm preaching a particular one of the one another's in uh, each one of the Lord's Supper messages. And, and so far, we've looked just at one, and that is loving one another. In the last Lord's Supper message today, edifying one another. Edifying one another from Romans chapter 14 and verse 19, if you'd make your way there. And we'll look at a couple of passages, but uh, uh, this is the primary launching point. Romans chapter 14 and verse 19. Let us, therefore, follow after the things which make for peace and the things with which one may edify another. Three primary points if you're taking notes, because as you know, I am one given to uh, expositional preaching through an exegesis of the text, a lifting out of the text, what the Word of God has to say, and the contextual particulars leading up to this verse, chapter 14 and verse 9, is first, it's in the book of Romans. And what's the theme of the book of Romans? Well, it's justification by faith. Chapters 1 through 11 uh, speak about that. Chapters uh, 9 and 11 being a parenthetical re- regarding Israel. But then beginning in chapter 12, it turns to the practical section through the end uh, of uh, chapter 16. In fact, chapter 12 begins with, I beseech you. I'm pleading with you, therefore, based on the mercies of God, based on what you've just heard for these 11 chapters, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And that begins the practical section. Well, chapter 14 and verse 19 is just about the center. It's just about the, uh, uh, the middle uh, uh, crescendo, if you will, of the practical section. And it says, Live peaceably, build up one another in the body of Christ. The immediate context is walking in Christian liberty. In fact, if you'll notice at the beginning of chapter 14, in verse 1, him who is weak in the faith, receive you, accept him, but not to doubtful disputations. In other words, don't argue about the, the uh, incidental issues, things that we don't know for sure, uh, things that are not cardinal doctrines. For one believes 
that he may eat all things. In other words, who walks in total liberty. Another who is weak eats herbs. In other words, doesn't believe that this particular type of meat or on this particular, at this particular time, one should eat. Let not him that eat despise him that eats not, and let not him that uh, eateth not judge him that eats. And so uh, it's saying that if we're going to edify one another, we can't very well do that if, in fact, we are not uh, loving one another and walking properly in Christian liberty Uh, The strong not flaunting their liberty and the weak not judging others uh, because of their uh, different convictions. And I've been on both sides of the track on that very issue uh, in my Christian life. Uh, There was a time uh, when I was uh, less mature uh, and weak uh, uh, in the faith where I would have a tendency to judge other believers for things that uh, uh, they may have done or maybe not have done. And I trust that, and I've been on the other side of the track, uh, that I've been judged uh, for things as well. Uh, And so chapter 14 is very important for the body of Christ that we understand the context of Christian liberty We're not to flaunt our liberty, nor are we to judge those who have differing convictions. Now, we're not talking about on cardinal issues. Uh, Of course, we're not talking about on the fundamentals of the faith. It's talking about those areas where there uh, there is uh, uh, differences of understanding uh, um, in how we're to live out our lives. But the key is found in in that crescendo in verse 19, live at peace and build up one another. If you'll do that, then you're really practically living out the the admonition to be members, to enjoy lives together in the body of Christ. And isn't that what we want to do? Amen? You don't want to endure your church life, right? You want to enjoy your church life. Have you ever picked up that I enjoy church life? I hope that's evident and obvious, Uh, uh, not in a pretense, but... We ought to. We ought to. Oh, my, the time or two uh, uh, in my 46 years of walking with the Lord where church life has been more of enduring than enjoying painful times, ones that I don't treasure at all. Uh, We ought to truly uh, just uh, be thrilled with life together in the body of Christ. That's the context. Secondly, the congregational practice. Okay, preacher, I get the context. Now, how, what is this going to look like in my own life? Well, how should this appear in the body of Christ? What are we to do based on who we are as brothers and sisters in Christ? Well, verse 19 very clearly tells us what we're to do. The first thing is we're to pursue peace with others. Notice in verse 19... Follow after the things which make for peace. Now, the verb follow after does not mean to casually stroll along. In fact, I've studied this now two different times, uh, uh, both times pretending, kind of telling myself, okay, I'm going to start from ground zero as if I didn't know anything about what this was saying. And both times I did that because I wanted to really do a, a, an exegesis um, with as, without having any uh, future noise going on in my mind about what I pr- uh, suppose it means, what I uh, uh, speculate that it might mean. Just starting with just a fresh and anew, a careful dissection of the text. And I am, uh, uh, I guess, come away 
a little surprised that I wasn't aware of this, uh, but it is, because I've preached through Romans verse by verse, by verse before and, and uh, alluded to this verse before. It, this word is strong. It is intense. It is the uh, big cat uh, uh, on the African safari chasing down that zebra. How many of you guys love to watch those kinds of show, videos, don't you? Oh, your wife is sitting next to you and you don't dare raise your hand. I know. It's that kind of a word. It is intentional, it is aggressive, it is chasing after, uh, it is uh, to overtake, if you will, that prey uh, which is right before you. That is how the body of Christ is to view following after one another, pursuing after one another. The the eminent um, Greek scholar uh, Ernest Campbell stated, "Even uh, even as this verb, hope I have that, I think I do. Yeah, even as this verb is used in the classical Greek of a wild animal after its prey, likewise, we should be pursuing after peace and the building up of one another. Now, of course, the idea of peace uh, is the absence of interpersonal conflict. So, folks, let me get uh, uh, real uh, uh, down and earthy and personal here. It's not saying that it's acceptable just to sit on different sides of the church uh, from one another. The Hatfields and the McCoys, uh, as it were, no offense, Donna. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's not that kind. It's not just tolerating one another. It's actually identifying that one with whom the chemistry might not be just right and chasing after that one and, and saying, oh, let's rebalance the equation here. Let's get the, the molecules back uh, in the right proper order so the chemistry is right. It's that kind of an idea. It is not sitting uh, 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 passively and casually or in a static mode, but it's actually aggressively pursuing peaceful tranquility, harmony with that other person um, because obviously I'm not going to be used of God to build you up. You're not going to be used of God to build me up if there isn't first uh, as much uh, tranquility, harmony as there can be. And bless the Lord, uh, the best I know, we simply don't have any feuding. I'm so thankful for that. But you may know otherwise in your own heart. And so as a part of the body, you are commanded to actually pursue, run after peace with those in the body of Christ. So, pursue peace is the first practical command that we're given uh, if, if we're going to enjoy being members one of another. Secondly, we're to pursue building up others. And that's the, uh, really uh, the title, the focus of this message today, of edify. It's, a, it's a, uh, from a, a compound word, which li- literally means to build a house. It's from a, a construction type of a word. It has the word house in it. It has the word constructing it or building it. Uh, and uh, uh, it's uh, strictly a Pauline term. Only the Apostle Paul used it. And the word edification comes from it. Again, Campbell wrote, it has the metaphorical meaning of building up, edification does, improving, advancing one another in an understanding of the truth of God's word given to us uh, members of the body of Christ. Now, uh, more, more contemporary and right down to earth, what does edification mean? Well, our very own beloved Got Questions, uh, Shay Hoodman and Melissa in Colorado wrote, edification is more than just encouragement. 
It includes any activity that results in more Christ-likeness, either in oneself or in another believer. Edification may be individual or corporate. Individually, one can edify oneself by participating in the various spiritual disciplines, Bible intake, private prayer, worship. Generally, however, the concept, and this is key, of edification in the New Testament is applied to the corporate body, that is, mutual edification, uh, which involves helping one another along the road to Christ-likeness, and it requires the participation of all members of the church. Folks, it has a reciprocal pronoun, and that's of gigantic importance. It is not strictly a command to the pastor, to the deacon, to the Sunday school teacher, hey, uh, go, go build up somebody in the flock. It is not that kind of a thing. It's not the shepherd uh, building up the sheep. It's the sheep building up the sheep. It's the brother building up the sister and vice versa and one another. It is a reciprocal pronoun. You do this with one another. In fact, the apostle Paul used it some 40 times in his writings. 40 times in his writings, he said, do this one of another, do this, love one another, uh, edify one another, pray one for another, exhort one another, and, and on and on, the one another's are listed in the New Testament. It carries the weight of this not being just a leadership issue at all, but it, it being for everyone in the body of Christ. So folks, it is your responsibility to build me up. It is. You are to edify me. You're to uh, help build the house uh, in which I live. That is the sphere, uh, uh, the circumference of my Christian life. And I'm to do that for you. And you're to do that for one another as God brings the opportunity to do that. It's a collective responsibility. Well, how? How do I actually do that, preacher? Well, I couldn't possibly name every single way you could do it because every house is unique. Every house is unique. Oh, they may have the same general blueprint, uh, all the houses uh, in the neighborhood, kind of like uh, uh, cookie-cutter kinds of neighborhoods. But generally speaking, every house uh, is unique. They're not precisely the same. So how do you go about doing it? Well, if you're going to build a house, you need a concept from an architect, for instance. You need blueprints. You need structural parameters from an engineer, somebody, somebody who knows about uh, uh, load-bearing and the like. You need financing from a lender. You need uh, skills in all the various things like plumbing and electrical and painting and carpeting and, and concrete. and all. You need all of those things coming together or the building is going to be faulty. Similarly, building up one another, we need one another to love. We need, we, the body of Christ needs to be loving one another, accepting one another, correcting one another, instructing one another, praying one for another, uh, uh, showing kindness, worshiping uh, with one another, and all of the one another's that Scripture lays out, if we will have that active in the body, then, or in, in the building of the house, then, and really only then, will the house maintain structural integrity and uh, move down the road in a great way. When that is absent, when even one thing is absent, uh, problems happen. Do you remember the, the Hyatt uh, balcony, Hyatt Hotel balcony? Uh, is, is that in here? I think, Ed, what, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it that the engineering team had signed off on the construction materials, and then when it actually got to uh, the job site, 
a, 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 a subjective change was made and different materials were used which were not approved. Is that generally what it is in, in the ballpark of that? In other words, there were the, the materials which were supposed to be what was supposed to be done to edify the structure, to build it, to strengthen it, to reinforce it, to secure it, was not done. Something else was done, and of course it was a disaster. And a lot of people were killed, and a lot of lives uh, hurt very severely. In the body of Christ, when we are not exercising these one another's, building up one another, then problems will occur. Now notice... Look in chapter 15, if you would, the very next chapter. We then, who are strong, ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. And it says, it says right there, every one of us, the whole body, I'm to be looking for how you can be built up. You're to be looking for how I can be built up, built up through all of the one another's. Now, with that, if you would, turn to Ephesians 2. This is, uh, boy, this is so rich in this. It uses this concept by using the very same term over and over again. Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22. Ephesians, is there an app on a phone? Where's Jordan? Is there an app on a phone that one can engage the app or trigger it and it sound like the pages of a book rustling is there such a thing is there let's all get one of those and that way when I ask you to turn to uh, you'll be able to hear that kind of a thing and it'll help me be assured that you're with me are you at Ephesians 2? Let me just do it that way. Okay, good, lots of you are. Ephesians 2, 19. Now, therefore, you're no more strangers and pilgrim sojourners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. And you're built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom, in Christ, all the building is being fitly framed together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom also you are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. This is so thrilling. Four times in these verses, the Greek New Testament uses the root edify. Notice in verse 19, it says, you're no more strangers, pilgrims, but our fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. It's the very root for edification. We share the same DNA. We share the same spiritual DNA. This is the foundation. This is the foundation upon which the structure uh, is going to set. Of course, it is the apostles and prophets, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. It's the very word for edification. Notice in verse 20, it says that our, li- our spiritual lives have been built upon. It's the participial form of edification. And it's saying that the written word is putting together, the, by the living word, the Lord Jesus, various components which are going to sit on that building. So you've got the walls, uh, and then ultimately you have the roof, and, and all of that is going to be assembled onto the foundation. And then look uh, in verse 21, it says that in Christ, all the pieces of that building, the actual word for edification now, are, are coming together, 
functionally. They're not just on the truck uh, ready to be unloaded. It's not just a bunch of shingles or a bunch of cans of paint, but they're actually now being put in the right place uh, and fixed together and attached together and all. And then, of course, verse 22, the Spirit of God, again, uh, inhabiting this holy building, uh, the root uh, for edification again, and he's the maintenance department. That is, he is comforting us when, uh, when that is needed. He is convicting us. He is confirming in our hearts um, when we're going down the right path. And so we see the building Put it be, having been put together by the Lord, now we are called to keep it strong. We are commanded to, in fact, um, give ourselves to this. And that brings us to the third and final point uh, of the message, and it's the continual passion that we're to have. Back in Romans uh, 14, you don't have to turn back, but Romans 14, I'll remind you that in verse 19, it says uh, at the... Uh, at the uh, very beginning there, uh, let us therefore follow after, pursue, it's the present tense. I didn't share that before. It's the present tense. It carries with it the weight of edifying one another being a lifestyle. It's not that, okay, we're going to have a week of edification. No, this is the church's week of edification. No, no, it is day in, day out, week in, week out, all the way. Why? Because folks, if you haven't noticed it, I shouldn't be walking around this much. Um, if you haven't noticed, I just, it just occurred to me. Um, um, if you haven't noticed it, the world is wanting to tear you down all the time, right? How many temptations come our way and come my way and how weak I can be and how ignorant and how rebellious I can be. And maybe if you checked your mail, that has happened with you even this week. You fly off the handle. You get irritated. Uh, you, uh, you lust. You're tempted to be greedy. You're uh, bitter. You're unforgiving. I mean, it's just name it. The world, the flesh, and the devil want to weaken you and wants to weaken me. And I need to be built up every week. So thankful that Kathy is so committed to praying for me and praying for you. Uh, sometimes I'm embarrassed by it, by uh, uh, virtue of my own uh, weakness and, and puniness and all, but most of the time I am grateful to say, yes, God, don't. Folks, she pours her heart out before the Lord, praying over me every single Sunday morning for God's people here. And of course, her mom did that for years as well. That's the kind of thing all, and it's not, just, it's not about me. That's for one another where to be there. For your Sunday school teacher, children, young people, for your Awana leader, uh, and for one another in your Sunday school class and in your, in your uh, small group, in the homes. And in the body of Christ, we're to passionately pursue building up one another. Now I want to offer this. The physical body is usually not hurt or damaged too much by giving a lot of careful attention. That is, uh, if we do get dental checkups regularly, if we do have our blood pressure taken and, uh, uh, and, and a blood chemistry done, if we do check the, the scales for, uh, if we're at the proper weight, if we do uh, get to bed on time and, and get up on time, all of those things, we're probably not going to get in trouble by paying careful attention to it. But, on the other hand, if we let all of those things go 
and we're not worried about our physical health, if we're not worried about rest, if we're not worried about proper nutrition and, and all the rest, and we're, uh, we're eating cotton candy until 1 in the morning, and we're sleeping until 11 a.m., uh, and then we get up and finish off that cotton candy and, and down it with a, a Coca-Cola and all, and, uh, uh, and then we watch you play video games all the rest of the afternoon and, and start the cycle again in no time, things are not going to go well with this. Can I get a witness? Amen? Oh, some of you have been doing that. No, of course not. You know better than to do that. It wouldn't go well with you if you did it. So too, in the body of Christ, we must pay careful attention to strengthening one another all the time because the flesh, the world, and the devil, the world system is wanting to tear you down and will succeed in that if we're not strengthened, fortified, reinforced by those around us, by those across the aisle. And so I would, uh, I would imagine as you have uh, uh, had an outpouring of intercession and, and encouragement and all toward Kathy in the homegoing of her mom, I would imagine that that's happening in the life of Wanda Jackson, for instance, and uh, uh, happened in the life of Shirley Smith. Uh, a couple of months ago and on and and because of losses and other and not only just responding to building up during times of sorrow but coming alongside uh, dur- during times of rejoicing and saying way to go there was a uh, one of the Sunday school classes of the children um, this morning made a cross with tongue depressors I think uh, and glued coins Whose class was that? Children, hold up your crosses. Do you have them? We're taking a little while here. Some of you, okay, hold them up high. Now, what was the significance? I don't know what the story was, but what was the significance of, of, of the coins on there? Help them out, Grandma. Jesus paid it all. Now, I didn't hear that. But a bunch of the, the children were showing me uh, their crosses with the, the coins taped to them or something. They are glued to them. Somehow they were fixed to them. Uh, and I didn't get the message. But there's another one back there. I see that hand. Um, Jesus paid it all. So I can't, I can't pay anything. The point I'm making is I was so encouraged when these children went out of their way to come up and show me what they had made in their four-year-old class or wh- whichever age it was that I, uh, I stopped and I said, that, I'm so glad you're doing it. And I was genuine because I know uh, that that object lesson can ring back in the heart and soul uh, in three years from now, in five years from now, when that child is wrestling with his or her own sin and judgment and need for salvation. Amen? That, that is, that's building up the body of Christ in what the teacher did. And I'm building up the body in affirming it. And the parents are and the grandparents are. Now, it very well may be that the child is in the stream of believing. I don't know. It's different with everyone. But you get the point. We're building up one another all the time as members one of another. Lord, I'm thankful for your word and my, the, the intensity of this verse commanding us to chase after strengthening our brother or sister in Christ, to not let it go by the wayside, to pour ourselves into it. 
with the tenacity, with the ferocity of a lion chasing down its prey in the jungle. And Lord, may we, as your people at this church, honor you in such a way that we would give ourselves to edifying one another. And Lord, you are the foundation. You're the chief cornerstone in what you did for us in dying on the cross. And even as the children created this object lesson of Jesus paid it all on the cross, you did, for which we are grateful, eternally grateful. So Lord, allow us to remember that, what you've done for us, who you are and what you've done in the observance of the Lord's